0: wait okay uh hi mr burks we're doing our podcast thing i'm noah and i'm peyton and we're doing our thing about the constitution okay so i can or you can start go ahead
1: okay so yeah okay so when it happened was it happened in september of 1786
0: nice and where it happened was the Constitutional Convention happened in Philadelphia. And then after the Constitutional Convention, the fighting for like ratifying the Constitution happened all over the place. And then I don't know what that picture says, so you can pick up with who.
1: Okay. So who did who rip wrote it? Uh it was there was a lot of people that wrote it. There was a bunch of delegates at the Constitutional Convention, and some of the main ones were um george washington and james madison they were both there and they were both major players in this uh this constitutional convention that they had
0: yep yep okay so plan so i'm assuming you're not talking about the virginia or new jersey plan because those are later things i think what he means is this just like what's the plan for the constitution like what are they trying to accomplish is that what he's trying to say
1: no, I think it was the plan for the like the meeting because like, they didn't oh, originally
0: plan. Yeah, they were originally planning on just revising the Articles of Confederation. But then when they showed up, they decided, oh, this is trash. We got to throw it out. And even though they hadn't all showed up, it was like the Virginia people had shown up and decided, hey, let's just throw this out and make a new one. And then everyone else showed up and was like, what are you guys doing? And that's when it turned in from the AOC revision meeting to the constitutional convention where they made an entirely new document. Yeah. And then
1: the uh the people from Virginia they were worried about like representation in this new government that they were forming. And uh Peyton I cut out.
0: Peyton, I think I think cut out. Okay. okay I yeah, think so. so. Just the repeat repeat, people, repeat everything uh, you said uh, about They the-
1: were like worried about new the representation in the new government. And so they proposed their plan of having representation based on the population of the state that you live in. So bigger states would have more representation than smaller states. And obviously, they would want that because they had a larger population than, say, like, Connecticut.
0: Mm, yeah, 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 gotcha. Okay. Well, the small states, such as New Jersey, they didn't really like that plan. So they came up with a counter plan, aptly named the New Jersey plan, that proposed that instead of having two houses or two branches that are both based on state size, they decided let's just have one branch where everyone gets all votes equally, kind of like in the Articles of Confederation that they had at the time, so that the small states wouldn't be like the small states would still have national legislative power. Now, Peyton, tell me, how did they solve this conundrum they were having?
1: They did this thing called compromising, right? Uh, and it's actually called the Great Compromise or the Connecticut Compromise. And basically what they did was instead of having one plan mm. or the other plan, they decided we're going to have both plans and have two, like two places where they would like have legislature, so there was a bicameral system where there was the House of Representatives, which was based on population, and the Senate, which was based on equality, and so they had both.
0: Mm. Got it. And now, some of you at home may be asking, but <laughs> Noah and/or Peyton, how did they choose? How did they work? Did how did <laughs> We're, what about slavery? Um, and that's a really good question. Um, because you see, some of the states that didn't have many slaves, like Maine, they were saying, well, slavery is... if you, Slavery should not... Slaves should not be... I believe... Wait. The, the, well, okay. Let me restart. The, the argument was... Should slaves be counted as full people when accounting for representation for the House of Representatives? Like, it, because on the one hand, um, big slave states like Virginia wanted the slaves to count for as much as possible so that they could boost their numbers to get better House of Representative spots. But on the other hand, they weren't really treating them as full people. So, if they were to count for an entire person in the House of Representatives, that means that they would kind of have to end slavery because they'd be acknowledging that they're have the same worth as white people, and so they were they were having a real hard time trying to get that trying to get the slaves to count for as much as they could without counting for so much that they had to free the slaves. So they came up with what we now call the three-fifths compromise, and that is that each slave counts as three-fifths of a person when determining representation in the house. So, for example, if you had 500 slaves, that would add 300 to your population for when figuring out uh, representat- like how many representatives your state will get. So that's how they chose to not really fix the issue of slavery um they also ended the importation of slaves i believe um but they they didn't fix the issue of slavery but they kind of postponed having to deal with it for another you know 20 30 40 years or i guess i guess it didn't really explode into like the 1860s when the civil war happened but you know what i mean now I'm having a, I'm, I'm really wondering about, Yeah. okay, so executive executive power, power,
1: that's basically where they just separated the, the branches right into the legislative and the judicial and then the executive. And so the executive branch is like, they're the ones who are in charge of basically like just enforcing the laws that are made by the legislative branch and approved by the judicial branch. Right. And so, mm. but they also have some other powers, like mm-hmm. the president can veto laws if he doesn't find them fit to be laws, right? So that he...
0: But, Peyton, what if the legislative well, branch wants to override what, the that's veto? That's
1: amazing about then this what system they... that we have. It's like checks and balances and stuff. It's so amazing that we can even... Check the checks that are balanced by the checks and balances. That's what
0: I call democracy. So, so... I feel so (laughs) bad. So do I. But
1: but please, Noah, tell me about (laughs) how a minute. He's gonna.
0: Oh my gosh! I'm so glad. I've really just been chomping at the bit all. day here to tell you about amendments. Uh, so right now, as of right now, we have 27 amendments. 10 of them are in the Bill of Rights, and two of them, the 18th, I believe it's the 18th and the 21st, cancel each other out with the Prohibition and ending Prohibition. Um, and the way amendments are made is that they have to start, they have to be proposed by either a two-thirds majority in Congress or a two-thirds majority of state legislatures, and then they are ratified by either a three-fourths majority of Congress or a three-fourths majority of the state legislatures, uh, depending on which group uh, proposed the the amendment. So, right as um, the Constitution was released, pretty much right after they made the Bill of Rights, which was ten amendments, um, and since then they've they've made. A lot more, varying from women can vote, slavery is ending, presidents serve two terms, uh, even just to stuff about like Congress's like salaries and and, and stuff like that. And it, this really reminds me of something my good friend Benjamin Franklin once said to me. He said, "A republic, if you can keep it," and I live by that. So Peyton, can you tell me about popular sovereignty? I mean, what even is that? What's the okay? What's yeah. the, so the what, big idea what with is popular, popular sovereignty.
1: sovereignty? Or however you pronounce that word um is basically it says that the uh the rulers of a nation, so whether that be a government or a king or a tyrant or whatever, they get their power from the people that they are governing, so the basically like the king or the government basically just it can't do anything unless it has the consent of the people that it's governing. And that's basically called the consent of the governed gives the, the government power. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, I'm glad. I understand. understand. Cause that was a very, very great way of explaining that concept. Wasn't it?
0: I know if this was for a grade, oh, really? you'd thank get an you so A much. plus. That's honestly
1: such an honor. <clears throat>
0: yeah i mean i so, hope yes so, we do don't we? we get the same grade okay, on this so, so
1: let's uh let's talk about this this question here uh so out of out of all the compromises made at the constitution which one was the most important and why i say it's the great compromise because that basically established how our legislative system is going to work uh so instead of like having it be one extreme or the other, we kind of like found a happy medium in that we could like, we can have both. We can't Mm. just have one or the other. And so it's, it's fair for everybody really.
0: Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you just for the sake of the argument. Like, I don't know if I actually agree or disagree with that or not. I'm going to say it was the three fifths compromise because i think when you were dealing with slavery which at the time continuing on for a long long time uh has been a, a very like like it was a big it was a big subject around the time of like making the new country of like how are we really going to have both democracy and slavery in the same country so i think just the balancing act of that because like for the Great Compromise, it was people from small states and people from large states talking about who to prioritize. But, for, but with the slavery debate, it was white people debating with other white people. So I feel like that is a very sort of, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but a, a very sort of unique way that that compromise was tackled, where that there wasn't really anyone truly representing the, the, the pro-slave side um, so I just think it's interesting that it is a slavery debate that, honestly, you could argue doesn't even have much to do with the morality of slavery and is more about representation. Um, so I, I think that just the imp- the historical impact of that leading up all the way to the Civil War and even beyond um, makes it a, a very big compromise yeah, I can definitely see how you could Convention. think that. That was a very uh, good um, I can see, I see your well, I you. see your side too, Peyton. You also made some very good points. Um, so uh, this I there wasn't so, like a time limit for like this, like right?
1: Four or five minutes that are cut out of this, and like, <laughs> oh yeah. I th- anyways, this is concluded.
0: Okay, anyway, our first. Thank episode. you for uh, listening to to Civic Civic oh, yes. Civic
1: Zero. Civics zero.
0: <laughs> I think okay, well, I this think is concluded the first civic episode zero. of Civic
1: Zero, which will now be on a whenever this assignment is due basis.
0: No, we're doing it weekly. Even if he doesn't Civics. assign stuff, we're just gonna make it and just talk about oh, just yeah. up, like made up documents. We're gonna make up. You got it, dude. Docu- like you best documents. that
1: we're sending it to Coach Burks, no matter what, assigned or not.
0: Oh yeah, no. We're sending it to him. We're putting it on eight oh, yes. track cassette yes. and leaving it on what, his front that is door. The most
1: optimal way to do uh,
0: that. <laughs> QR code on his like windshield, and we just come by in like the night yep. and put it on his windshield in QR code form. I would honestly. That'd be amazing.
1: Okay, well, this podcast is now really cool. over, and after this, everything is being cut.